Jesus, Savior, Son of God, Son of Man, Light of the World, Light of the World. Grace and peace to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm Reverend Kristen Hyden, the senior pastor of East Cobb United Methodist Church, and I'm so delighted to be a part of this Advent collaboration between East Cobb, Shambly, and Decatur. What a joy it is to celebrate together as bodies of Christ across North Georgia. Now today, we celebrate the second Sunday of Advent. And as we light the candle of peace this week, we are turning it to a familiar character in the story of Jesus's life. Now, this story takes place many, many years following the birth of Christ, and yet it is crucial for us in how we prepare for Christmas. Now, I'm sure many of you are deep in the throes of preparation, decorating your homes, placing the ornaments on the tree, stringing the lights, hanging the stockings. We've all started listening to Christmas music with the familiar sounds of Bing Crosby or Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Or if you're around my house, it's Thistle Hair, the Christmas Bear. We've begun purchasing the gifts and wrapping the presents to place under the tree, all in anticipation for the great celebration that will come on Christmas Day. But I wonder, is there more preparation to be done? Maybe something a little deeper, less about our homes and more about our hearts. There is a voice of preparation crying out to us this day. And so here now, the beginning of Mark's gospel, the very beginning. The beginning of the good news about Jesus Christ, God's son, happened just as it was written about in the prophecy of Isaiah. Look, I am sending a messenger before you. He will prepare your way, a voice shouting in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord. Make his paths straight. John the Baptist was in the wilderness calling for people to be baptized to show that they were changing their hearts and lives and wanted God to forgive their sins. Everyone in Judea and all the people of Jerusalem went out to the Jordan River and were being baptized by John as they confessed their sins. John wore clothes made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. He ate locusts and wild honey. And he announced, One stronger than I is coming after me. I'm not even worthy to bend over and loosen the strap of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. 
Well, it's a familiar image, right? The wild John with the furry clothes and out of control hair and always a buzzing of insects around his head. We see him surrounded by people wanting to hear what this strange man has to say. Folks waiting in line to be dunked by him in the, in the river to receive the gift of cleansing both body and soul. Today, though, I want us to focus not on the images of the story, but on the sounds of the story. I invite us to, to close our eyes and focus on what it is we hear today. Let us tune our ears to this wild man, John. Can you hear his voice? Scripture says he is the one crying out. What do those cries sound like? Are they cries of desperation? Are they cries of passion? Are they cries of excitement? Are they cries of urgency? And then, and then we have all those people gathered, right? What is it that they are saying today? Can we listen in? Maybe overhear what it is they're talking about? Are they silent and simply listening intently? Are they asking questions of one another, whether skeptical or intrigued? Are they maybe even tearing up a bit, hearing something from John that, that speaks to a deep need that they may not even know that they had? As I close my eyes and listen to these voices, as this noise comes from the wilderness, the voices of old begin to merge in my ears with the voices of today. All of us standing alongside the people of Judea and Jerusalem, gathered at the edge of the wilderness, crying out with John. Crying out for something new. Crying out for a change. Crying out with passion and with desperation. Crying out from a place of pain. And yet with a hope of peace, crying out God for something, crying out God for someone. Do you hear those voices? The medical professional crying out, answering the call to heal the sick, but exhausted from the physical and the emotional weight of a months long pandemic. The teacher crying out, trying to do the job that she loves, but struggling to reach her students, whether virtually in the classroom or some crazy combination of the two. 
parent crying out, seeking to juggle work life and home life and feeling like we're failing at them both. The child crying out, not able to fully comprehend the uncertainties and the fears and the changes that are going on in the world around them. The high school student crying out, trying to grasp at any sense of teenage normalcy as homecoming dances and parties and after-school get-togethers just fade into memory. The widow crying out at home alone, trying desperately to connect, but struggling with all this new technology that they're forced into. The church volunteer crying out, wanting to do more, wanting to see more, to help more, but unsure of how to do it in a safe way. Wanting to both do good and do no harm. The preacher crying out, wanting so desperately to give her congregation a return to the fellowship and the gatherings that they love. But also wanting this to be a, a new opportunity to explore what it even means to be the church. Oh God, we cry out. There truly is no end to the voices crying out in the world today. The voice of the cancer patient, the voice of the jobless, the voice of the hungry, the voice of the homeless, the voice of the abused, the voice of the neglected. A chorus of voices crying out in the wilderness. At times, it can feel like these voices grow so loud that nothing can be done. They just continue to scream and echo in our hearts and in our minds. It's too overwhelming. There's just not enough we can do. A, a vision, a message, a story of love and hope and of peace, it seems inconceivable. But... But then, but then just when it seems too much, one voice seems to grow louder than all the others. This one voice of a man emerging from the wilderness. A wild man, a man that at any other time we would have dismissed as craziness, but now we are so desperate, we actually will stop and listen. A man who says there is something more. A man who says there is someone more. Prepare the way, he says, make a path. Open your hearts, open your lives to the story of the one who won't just talk over your voices of pain, but will sit beside you and listen. The story of one who will hear your cries and respond with love. 
The story of one who will walk in this world alongside you and give you peace, a peace like that we have never known, a peace we could never know without him. What is this peace, though? And I think that's a crucial question for us to consider as we desperately want it to mean one thing. It's what I hear, right? That we so want a, an end to all of this, to be taken out of the wilderness, to escape from the wilderness, an answer to our uncertainties, a complete relief of our pain. And yet that may not be the peace that Christ intends to bring. Maybe what we think we want and need, but per usual, God knows a little better. For you see, the peace that John declares and that Jesus brings is a peace that comes to and exists in the wilderness. And while the wilderness can be a place to be feared, I am grateful to the wisdom of theologian Dolores Williams, who reminds us that the wilderness is a place of both struggle and of spirit. Both problematic and promising. Dr. Williams references the story of, of Hagar, who encountered the divine powerfully and transformatively while in the wilderness. And while we may not wish or hope to be in the wilderness, to have these kind of wilderness experiences, we know that it is in the wilderness where we meet God. It is a place where our faith is both challenged and strengthened, a place where our understanding of God's character is both questioned and confirmed. Perhaps, Williams writes, that is why all of Judea and all the people of Jerusalem went out to the wilderness to join their voices with John, crying out, making a way in their lives to meet God and for their many voices to point to one true story. I wonder, could the wilderness be the same for the voices crying out today? I mean, sure, all these voices, both ancient and modern, they could point to a story of pain and heartache and, and perpetuate the story of darkness and death. Let's all get together and just commiserate together. Misery loves company, right? But my friends, we are in the season of Advent. And the season of Advent tells an altogether different story. The season of Advent tells us that when a voice cries out in the wilderness, there is one who will hear. The season of Advent tells us that when a voice speaks in darkness, one will come with a light shining brightly. The season of Advent tells us that when our many voices come together, we can point to one central story. The story of the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit, the story of the Lord. 
So today, I declare to you, people of God, cry out. Use your voices and cry out from your wilderness experiences. But don't let the cries be the end of the story. Unite your voice with the voices of those around you and turn together to point to the one true story that we know and that we claim. The story of this season. The story of our lives. This greatest story ever told. There is one coming who hears our cries. There is one coming who answers our cries. There is one coming who knows what it is to cry, but has declared with his life and with his death that the cries are not the end of our story. No, our story, the one story, ends with cries of hope in the face of hopelessness, cries of peace in the face of pain, joy in the face of heartache, and cries of love, love through it all. Let us all unite our voices, all our cries, and tell that story. Prepare the way of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.